Always be closing the ABC of sales. There isn't a more iconic phrase, and ironically, it's incredibly outdated and pretty terrible advice. The sales industry is changing, and with it, we're seeing the old, pushy, and aggressive tactics lose credibility, and a new wave of empathetic and collaborative tactics are gaining traction. Not only is this great news for buyers, it's great news for women. The climb to the top feels so good when you get there. Is it just us, or can it feel lonely sometimes, even when you're successful? And who defines success anyway? What about life's twists and turns? We've learned a few things along the way, and we're ditching the culture of competitiveness. Bringing together women from different backgrounds to share their stories. Let's do this together. Welcome to Think Tank of Three podcast. Hi, this is Audrey Think here with Rishia Canary, Kathy Sirius, and Julie Holton. We are your Think Tank of Three. And today, we're talking about women and sales. Sales roles are traditionally held by men and frequently seen as super competitive. However, the data shows that women are the future. Not only the future, I think women are changing the sales landscape. I mean, when you talk about empathy and collaboration, it's not that men don't have those qualities. They do. We work with a lot of great men who are empathetic and collaborate with us. But I'm telling you, like women in sales feels like it's going to be less of that like pushy door-to-door salesperson type approach and more of that approach of, hey, I see you have a problem. Let's talk about it. How can I help you find the right solution? You know, just that. Anyway, yay, women in sales. (laughs) Exactly. It seems that it is a more natural fit. It's not something we're trying to fit into. It's something that originally and already fits within us. Forbes magazine and the Harvard Business Review are churning out articles left and right on women being the future of sales. And and I think that 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 works, that that makes sense when you really just stop and think about it. So I recently read an article on Forbes that stated that the sales function in a, a corporation has the second largest gender equality gap of all corporate functions. Supply chain was number one. So basically, if you're in supply chain or you're in sales, chances are it's male dominated beyond maybe the organization as a whole. And I checked out this LinkedIn report that women only represent 39% of the sales force, which is not a tiny number, but the percentage has only actually increased by 3% in the last decade. So a decade ago, it was 36. Now it's 39. Like we are not seeing women enter and stay into this field the way we see men. And also not surprising, the percentage of women in leadership decreases the higher you go up the ladder. So if you are leading the sales team, you're probably a man. And we recently talked about this with one of our podcast guests, Julie Fezone Holder, who had a very has a very decorated career in sales, working at a Fortune 500 company, working her way to the top. And she talked about this and some of the different paths that she, you know, the different options she had to choose throughout her career and the setup for men versus women, especially working moms and women who have other responsibilities at home. And I, but I can't believe this number only. I I just can't believe the number of women that are not in sales leadership roles versus even regular sales roles. Anyway, check out that podcast with Julie. Well, no, but, but it's also, it's such a stunning number because 
more women are in the workforce now than than ever, ever before, before mm -hmm. right so where are they all going and why why aren't we progressing up that chain when we are in there even more than we've ever been we might be moving up that chain but we it's there's this ceiling that we seem to continue to hit which at this point in 2022 2022 and we're still at that tiny number right women it's, make up half of the workforce and not even 40 percent of the sales function it's crazy also with more women being in the workforce that means there's more women buyers too so we're seeing sales stay male dominated but that's not the case for the buyer. And I think that's why it's so important that we talk about why aren't we seeing more women in sales and why should we see more women in sales? And I will say as one of those women business owners who is a buyer of many types of sales, oftentimes men don't know how to talk to me. They don't know how to speak the language I want to hear when I'm buying. Right. And in fact, I'll be honest, I'm a very critical buyer. <laughs> Like I'm very, because I understand the sales process because I use it in the marketing work that I do with my business. So I want you to be able to speak my language. And I'm telling you women, there is an opportunity, especially to talk to other women. Which makes the Audrea Finks of the world who are jumping into that realm <laughs> work, make it so much better when you, when you see that what's coming into the field, when you see the individuals who are going to help change those numbers help drive up those percentages because she's going to be bringing others with her and not just sitting back and saying well, i've got mine so there we go yeah <laughs> and teaching people the art and the craft of how to be good at sales because it certainly isn't something that you just wake up and start doing effectively exactly. there are techniques well, and ways to do right. it the right way and it's not something that you get by memorizing scripts and saying, but wait, but wait, but wait, there's more. That might've been what worked in the past, but it's not gonna be yes. what works today. But then why aren't we seeing more women in sales? Why do we see this big gap? And I think part of that might be, you know, we, we touch on it slightly, sales, it is such a loaded word. I know when I think of sales, the movie Wall Street, Gordon Gecko, greed is good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know if I always be right. closing, you know, exactly. always be closing. Greed is good. And that's not attractive. That's not sexy. That's not cute. It's not it's, to women. <laughs> it's icky. It's kind of icky. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm yeah. not trying to, I'm not trying to be greedy, especially if in our natural habitat, we are trying to help you. We're not trying to take away from you and just keep adding to ourselves. So that's not very attractive. And I know that I've had an experience in the sales world um, from the buyer's end. I was uh, taking in my car to get serviced. And since we were there, we decided, you know what, why don't we just take a look at, at what they have, see if there's something that interests us, maybe we want to upgrade. But I remember I specifically sat down at the, with the person and I said, listen, I am not I am not buying a car today. That's not, that's not what this is about. If I said that to you, then you should, this is not about you trying to change my mind. But of course, as a seller, that was the job, right? I'm going to change your mind. And I said, I'm not 
selling, you know, I'm not buying a car today. And we went through all this different stuff and he decided, listen, why don't you take this on a test drive? Since she seemed to have an interest in it, I said, yeah, I'll take a test drive. But I said, I'm telling you, and, I'm, and it, he even said to me when I told him multiple times, like, I, I hear you, I hear you. Afterwards, we sat down after the test drive and then he says to me, okay, so what's it gonna take to get you into this car today? And I just kind of cocked my head and I'm like, so did you miss everything I told you? I told you, I am not buying a car today. That is not why we are here. And Step one, he active listening. Active listening. But then his whole demeanor completely mm. changed. And he literally says this, I kid you not, this is not the G-rated podcast today, even though it's just the three of us. Then what the fuck am I, did I waste all this time for? And I, that just Unbelievable. like, Insane. I'm like, did, wait, I'm sorry. What did you just say to me? I was like, step I don't know. Step two, client focused. Step two, don't cuss at me. Right. <laughs> well, I just mean like a good salesperson is first of all, active listening. Second of all, keep the client's best interest in mind. Like this sales guy was not hearing you. And- <laughs> was all about himself and don't curse I, am i right. am i asking <laughs> at me right <laughs> don't curse and certainly not at me oh i'm just like reeling over here and what he's right? like i can't even i have no words i can't even believe i it. was floored nothing like that had ever happened my husband's sitting there looking at me he's like what just happened and then what was funny is they turned their attention to my husband as if they're going to get him on his side or something on their side uh. i said i don't know what your issue is give me my keys because it's time to go. Oh, right. And like you were I, having your car service. I was having my car service. They were holding my keys hostage. We, he got his supervisor who apologized. He, you know, that was unnecessary. Da, 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 da. We just went, I said, I don't care what you want. Give me my keys. And we went around in circles for about five to 10 minutes. And my husband, the guy looked at my husband and my, and my husband's like, I don't know why you're looking at me. Give us the keys. We're leaving. That was my wow. experience with sales and I've, and I've never, you know, so I'm not saying that greed is good is, is accurate, but that's, that has been my experience. And it certainly wasn't fun, enjoyable or anything that would even remotely interest me in going in that direction. And certainly yeah. not the empathetic and collaborative way we were describing sales at the top of the podcast. And I just, right. I can't help but think if this guy had actually taken a completely different approach with you and just conversationally chit-chatted with you, asked maybe about your timeline. You're interested in looking today. What's your timeline for purchasing a, a vehicle? He could have actually started like putting you into the sales funnel and gotten to know you and, and your goals with, and actually believe it or not, he could have interested you in buying a car sooner in your mm -hmm. timeline. If he had actually built that rapport with you and created that connection. Right. But Audrey, I'd love to hear from you. Like, like, cause you were giving some tidbits, like you couldn't even help yourself. You're like, well, I couldn't on, right? you. <laughs> like, uh, can we just, I know like not, I mean, poor guy, but not, um, <laughs> because he, he pulled this on He brought this on himself, but like, can you dissect that for us? First of all, I think car sales, there's a really high quota. You really pushed hard to hit that quota. So he probably had a lot of pressure that doesn't justify his actions at all. But it is one of those things where when you make so much pressure on hitting these quotas versus getting clients and customers what they need, you lose because that quota one, it has to be realistic. And two, it has to put the customer in mind first. 
somewhere along the line, someone decided that to sell meant you just shove your idea, your product, your services down someone's throat. It's gross. It's, and the used car salesman is like the example because they're following these sort of outdated sell, sell, sell at all costs, always be getting to the end. I had an amazing experience buying a car. I wish this guy still worked at the dealership because we're looking at another one, but he's moved on. My husband walked in the first day and said, I need a new car, but my wife doesn't want to buy a new one because I'm cheap. And so he talked to the guy about all of the things he wanted. And then he brought me back with him the following weekend. The guy did no sales pressure, basically took notes on what my husband wanted and took notes on what my husband thought I wanted. I walk in, I tell him, I don't want a new car. I'm only here because uh, my husband made me get in this, get, mm-hmm. like come here. And he said, great. What's the problem with your car now? So I tell him, oh, well, it's, it needs a lot of repair work done on it. Like the engine's going, we're going to have to, you know, replace some of the engine and uh, it was going to be expensive. And he said, you know, the amount of money that you're going to spend on repairs could be a down payment for a car that doesn't actually require any more maintenance. I said, okay, well, maybe I'll think about it. We walked through what I would want in a car. We test drove so many vehicles and he had one car in mind that he thought fit and I didn't like it. So we test drove everything. And at the end, I was like, "Mm, I think we're going to stick with our car. And he said, just test drive this one car. I know you don't like it, but just try it. If you don't like it, you walk away, you've lost nothing. But if you do like it, you know, you have another option to think about. So we test drove it. I loved the car. I don't, I, it was amazing. And we ended up buying that day, even though I walked in Mm -hmm. not being willing to buy a car. The reason is he listened active listening. So it wasn't just that he made me feel heard. It's that he actually heard me. He took our laundry list of things, our problems, right. And he found the example that was the solution to all, all the problems we had. And then he patiently waited while we tried to talk ourselves into other cars. By the time we got into the car that he thought was the best fit, Mm -hmm. I trusted him. I trusted him. He was credible. Of course we were going to buy a car from him. And he ended up writing off some of the cost because they had misstickered the car. So he lost commission. He was willing to lose commission to get us into a car that made the most sense for us. We ended up like slipping him a little tip afterwards, which I didn't know until then was a thing people do when you buy cars. But he, like, he was amazing. I would buy a car from him any day of the week. I think, you know, we have these horrible sales experiences because people aren't actually selling, they're shoving, right? Right. Think about those LinkedIn messages you get. I don't know if you guys get them. I get them all the time where they're like, hey, do you need a bookkeeper? Because I'm an amazing bookkeeper. Do you need a virtual assistant? Because I'm an amazing virtual assistant. What part of my LinkedIn profile says I need any of those things? Mm -hmm. On the flip side, I got a message from someone who said, I'm just trying to grow my network in this area. You seem like an interesting person. Could we connect and maybe have a 15 minute coffee over Zoom? Of course. Well, now I know this person. He's a financial advisor. I think he's pretty cool. We spent 15 minutes on the phone and moving forward, like there's a good chance I would recommend him because he didn't sell me anything, but he did listen to me. You know, I think there are so many missed opportunities too. When, like when you're talking about LinkedIn, I, it is a huge pet peeve of mine when 
I connect with someone and they immediately hit me up with some sort of like, not even a hello, but some sort of spammy sales templated scripted out message about buying their services or even that they want to be on our podcast. And it's like, you know, some dude with something completely, you know, some expertise completely unrelated to our audience and to what we bring to you. And it's like, but they tell us how much they love our podcast and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you clearly haven't listened. Like, don't. You right, told don't. me about one of those, right, Audrey? <laughs> told us about yeah. one. Right. Like, did you I read? Love your podcast. Did you read who what our episode? podcast is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so don't, number one, don't lie to me because right. uh, give me a little more credit than that. But two, don't hit me up with, with the spam. And the reason why I say it's a lost opportunity is sales is not just about that immediate direct sale. It is about just like you described, Audrey, growing your network, developing referral sources. I connect with finance. In fact, I just the other day connected with a new financial person, you know, has some sort of financial planning in their background, connected with this person on LinkedIn, never heard of. I'm not in, I have a financial planner. I'm not interested in changing However, I am interested in the content that people like this new person I, I connected with. I'm, I'm interested in the content they put out and who knows if down the line, I might be, and I might have a need for something that he provides, or I might think that he's a good fit for someone in my life that maybe my financial planner isn't a good fit. And so guys, it's not always about making that direct sale. Uh, you know, I, I also have had my share of terrible experiences <laughs> and I won't go too deep into this other than to say, you know, I was on a zoom call the other day with my team and, you know, this pounding on my front door and my dog's going nuts. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to pause. Like you guys continue to comment a pause. I'm going to take this, like, see, see what's going on. See, see who's at my front door. So I go to the front door and I, I, I leave the glass, you know, the glass between me and the person. Cause also COVID right. And she's not masked and I'm not masked. So she first kind of gives me this look because I'm not opening my, you know, I opened the made the big door, but not the glass, you know, screen door. And so she starts to open it. And I said, can I help you? Like I stopped her. I was like, you know, can I help you? And she says, you know, something about their, their auditing gas service in the area. And she wants to take a look at my gas bill to see if she can help me save money. And I said, I said, thanks, but I'm in the middle of a meeting right now and I'm just not interested. Um, but thanks for, thanks for coming by, you know, trying to be polite. And she says, oh, is there a better time for me to come back? And I said, no, thank you. I'm not interested. And she said with a smirk on her face, oh, you're not interested in saving money. Oh, geez. I was so livid. Oh, please. I was so livid. I said, actually. I'm pretty proficient in looking over my bills and I'm not interested during a pandemic and having you come into my home to look at my bill when I'm in the middle Mm -hmm. of a meeting. So thank you, but I am not interested. Mm -hmm. I was, and then I came back, of course, to my zoom meeting and Audrey was on this meeting and I was so mad. I'm like, Audrey, she needs your sales coaching because (laughs) that is not the way. And I don't even know what, how she makes sales. And it's probably commissioned on how many, like, who knows how many people she gets to do the audits for or whatever. You know, so I'm sorry that I cost her whatever I cost her, but I'm not. Do not interested. be sorry for costing her for being a bad salesperson. That's on her, right. not you. That's on it's her. It's not, not hard. You. Don't get me wrong; it's not simple, but it's not hard. Right. I think part of this reason sales gets such a bad rap is people don't know what they're doing. They're just pushy. But then also, the industry doesn't help itself, right? Like we're evolving. We're seeing a more collaborative, more empathetic, more like 
customer first sales process coming in, which we're also seeing increases sales significantly. But the industry, when they go out for sales roles, they still look for the hunter. They have words like high competition and aggressive, and that's what they want in a good salesperson. But the problem is the buyer doesn't want that. Right. There's a book, there's a book. Again, I've mentioned this before. Audrey Shannon sent it to me. It's called The Power of Human Connection, How Relationship Marketing is Transforming the Way People Succeed. Yes. It's, it's not an easy book, but it's, it's really good as I, was, as I was starting to read it. And it really does focus in on if you're trying to make the sale, then don't concern yourself with the sale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what Julie was just saying. You concern yourself with the client not the sale. Yeah. Learn about them. You send them that card or you look them up. We even had Allison Tibnon, right? When she was talking about the position that she was, that she reached out to them about that she was not interested in because she said, that's not the position you want, but she had also right. done her research and she congratulated right. them on, on, on the success that they must've been having. This is, it's learning and understanding who the client is and then how you can tap into that versus tapping into what it is you're trying to quote sell. 100%. Someone the other day said to me, wow, you have a really high close rate on your, your deals for your business, your sales. And it kind of surprised me, but I said, well, yeah, but you know, it, it comes with an asterisk because we are making sure every step of the way from the very first interaction that this is actually a good fit for us. Because if someone's not a good fit, there's no need to go down that sales funnel, that pipeline of developing that relationship. Now, that's not to say that we're just turning people away like as soon as we meet them. No, but it's if they're all... not qualified, then they're not, there's no point in selling them. There's no point in wasting your time or theirs. Absolutely. In fact, we had a client two years ago that came to us, they were starting this new online business. They were really excited to jumpstart their marketing. We sat down, we went through everything with them. And then at the end of the conversation, they realized they weren't ready yet for what they wanted to put into the marketing. They still had so many of the basic business steps to take before they could launch the type of campaign that they wanted to do. And they said, okay, we're going to come back to you in a year. We're going to give ourselves a year to do this. You know what? They came back a year later and they were so ready because we had talked through those steps. So it's all about getting to know the person that you're trying to sell to. And, and frankly, we could have brought them on board that first year as a client. They, it would not have been the success that they wanted because we would have made some, you know, some headway for them, but the campaign would have been way too complex for where they were at in their business. And we, you know, we would have locked them into a contract. We would have gotten our money for that contract. We would have done the work and delivered, and it would not have had the results they needed. It was worth more worth their time and ours to wait a year and then bring them on board for a successful campaign that then continues indefinitely. You know, Audrey, I know that you love quoting Zig Ziglar and he really promoted that idea that, that sales is helping others. And so if that's the case, then women in sales should absolutely be a natural fit. We just heard yep. the example from Julie about how she worked things out with her client for the longer term versus that short, let's get it done thing and how it worked out better for both ends. Generally speaking, when we think about women, we are generally speaking, better listeners. We are more inclined to 
build relationships. Julie just discussed that building relationships. Allison Tivnot and pretty much every person that we've that successful individual that we've ever dealt with with the women on these podcasts. What have they all had in common and dealt dealt with? Building those relationships, and we tend to be more empathetic, trying to figure out what is it you're actually looking for. Look at what you said to yourself, Audrey, with regards to that that salesperson. What's yep. wrong with your car? What is it that you want? What are you looking for? Again, turning that to them. And, and that builds so, trust and trust right. gives you credibility, which makes it safe to buy from. Exactly. So there is some data out now that shows that women perform better in sales than their male, male peers, which is not surprising. Nope. It doesn't surprise, but it's surprising that more women are in it because of this male dominated field that should not be male dominated. On average, women outperform by 3%. So why are we still seeing such a big gap? It seems like so many women say, well, I just don't like sales. I just don't like mm-hmm. to sell. Um, some of it might come from this idea that you have to have a certain personality in order to be You're good at with sales. It. Yeah. I remember when I was in high school, I worked at the Levi's and Dockers outlet at the, you know, at the mall. And we were tasked with asking people when they would check out if they wanted an add-on, you know, so like adding on socks or a belt, or I hated it. You guys, like, I felt like for some reason, I felt like I was asking people to pay more than they actually wanted to pay. Or I was trying to get them to buy something they didn't need or want. Like I put that back on me. Like I was doing something icky to them. This whole idea of like being a salesperson but we've talked about this before. Audrey, you say it all the time. Everyone is in sales. Even if you don't call it sales, even Mm -hmm. if you don't want to think you're in sales, you might not have sales in your title, but we are constantly selling our ideas. Uh, you're, you're, you're constantly selling your knowledge yourself. Maybe it's when you ask for a new job or a raise or a promotion. I mean, think about how you're selling yourself in that interview. When you meet a new person you want to be friends with, you're like convincing them to like you, you're selling yourself. Maybe you're talking you're to partner. questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're talking a partner or friend into going on a vacation. Like you're talking them into it. You're selling them on the idea. So I'm in sales. You're in sales. We're all in sales. And sales doesn't have to be a dirty word. When I was working with attorneys, they hated the term sales. They, they business development made them more comfortable and they really didn't want any of that attached to them. Or sometimes they'd call themselves marketers because marketing felt safer than sales or safer than business development. They wanted to be trusted advisors, but Trusted advisors are who you will purchase from. You are in sales. You, they're, they're one and the same. If I go to you and I say, I need help with this thing that is complex and it's effect, like it's affecting my business and you give me solid advice and show me support, I'm going to then pay you for your time because I know you have my best interest at heart. Uh, and I don't think women understand how powerful sales can be for them and how empowering it can be for them. I think some of this goes back to that idea of like the quotas, right? Like if you're super focused on hitting a number, it's going to make you anxious if you don't hit it. You spend the whole time focusing on the end of the sale. You don't spend any time on the pipeline, if you will, right? There's a buyer's journey. They first have to know who you are. Then they have to understand what you do. And if you're saying, I sell this service, that doesn't help them. Whereas if you say, I sell this solution and here's your problem, they go, oh, I have that problem. Great. 
you build trust, you, you take them along this little journey, if you will. By the time you get to the sales, you've already sold them. But if all you're focusing on is that number, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you're not getting very far. Rish and I are over here just nodding because it's like, yes, everything you say. And, and it has me thinking maybe why women, and I'm just, I'm guessing I have no knowledge to back this, but maybe, you know, like we've talked about how women, I think it was uh, Jim Bell Hill, who, ju- who just said on a recent podcast that men can have you know, zero things on a checklist of 100 still apply for the job. (laughs) Women can have, you know, all but 95.5% and and And, we focus on that 0.5. Maybe I need to work on this a little more first. Like maybe I'm not quite there yet. And I'm wondering if that is the same with sales because Audrey, as you describe these techniques, I'm like, okay, so you've got like more than 10 years of experience. You know what you're doing. Most women, I would suspect, are doing some things right, but they don't, they, they feel like they don't know what they're doing and they don't know these tactics and they don't know the right way because, and we all fear being told no. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to sell because if we're told no, well, then what? So right. I really feel like, do you think that maybe this feeling of being inadequate or not having the skill set is why more women aren't in sales? not recognizing that you have the skill set you have it but you just don't realize it right i think a lot of it i think it's a mixed bag so i think some of it is confidence absolutely in order to sell you have to be confident that your product or service or idea whatever is the right one women struggle with that i think the other piece of it is that sales has kind of a negative connotation and women are definitely judged for being assertive or aggressive or overly confident. And so in this role, it's required, right? You have to be confident. You have to think, I, I think I can solve this problem. It, you also have to be customer or client focused, but it, you still have to be confident in your problem solving. And women are generally brought down a peg when they're overly confident. So I think it's kind of a mix. I also think that sales does have a bad rap, right? People don't realize it can be fun. It can be really rewarding. It's mentally stimulating, right? And I don't think that we frame it in the terms of helping. It's why I love Zig Ziglar so much, even though he is potentially a problematic person, but Zig Ziglar really believed sales is helping. If you are not out there to make somebody else's life easier, to help them make money, to help them reduce risk, to help them sleep better at night, you have no business in sales. All right, Audrea, you you touched on it just a little bit. So give us the biggest benefits for women being in sales. So I think sales is a place of empowerment for women. At least it can be provided you're in the sort of the right space and you're in an organization that supports that empowerment or you're on your own. So first of all, with sales, you probably already have the skill set, right? Women, generally speaking, are better at listening. They are the helpers, right? We constantly have to tell ourselves, put your own oxygen mask on first. So women already sort of tend to be good at sales because it's within the natural, it's within the way that we are brought up to be. Within sales, you learn and practice really good life skills like listening, like positioning. Why is this thing better than this thing? You learn about influence. A lot of times as a salesperson, you've got to get someone to buy in. You don't have any authority over them. 
And then negotiation, right? All sales is negotiation. It's back and forth. Can I give you this? Can I give you this? Can you give me this in return? So these are amazing skills to have in life. And you can take them and transfer them to the next role. So if you're in a sales job and you want to move up, well, you have skills that easily transfer because everyone is selling all of the time. If you have the confidence that you can do it, you can easily transfer that. Sales also tends to make pretty good money. You don't need an advanced degree for it, right? So it's a good place for women who want to be economically stable to hang out because you can make your own way with sales. Additionally, and especially in today's pandemic remote world, you can get a lot of work flexibility. I have a friend who works at a company that's fully remote. She's a sales executive. She works when she wants to. She doesn't work when she doesn't want to. Some days she's like, all I have is admin tasks. So I sit on the, I sit on the couch, I watch TV and I like answer my email. Other days, she's got calls lined up and, and she does the work when it's appropriate for her. So really, sales, strong, strong empowerment place for women. We're also seeing sales as a whole shift with the changes in how we work, you know, especially like you're talking about working remotely, the shift in buyer expectations. We're really seeing that how we sell is evolving. Would you say? Yes. Gone are the days where the seller has all the power and the buyer just has to like hope they give it to them at a good price. Between the internet, working remotely, and then just technology evolving, the buyer now has all of the information they need. They're trying to figure out, are you the right fit? So your job as a seller is less educator and more of a collaborative, can I make these pieces fit well? Can I build a solution? that really targets your needs specifically. And buyers are looking for that. They want to be as they should be. They want to be the center of your universe as a salesperson, right? Like they want you to say, everything you're doing has to be to benefit me. I'll pay you for it, but you need to benefit me. And you need to hear what those things are that I need in order to be able to build a beneficial product. So buyers are expecting to have the sale, the seller really understand them and to tailor to them. People buying are tech savvy, right? We are self-sufficient. We're more informed than we've ever been. Thanks in large part to the internet. Thanks in large part to social media. Social media, now that you mention it, is such a great example of the evolution of sales, especially for women. I mean, think about all of the women that you see, whether they're stay-at-home moms or women who leave their corporate job to sell things online, you know, whether it's clothing, athletic clothing, um, all sorts of, you know, makeup, beauty products, all sorts of things that people are directly selling online and indirectly. So I work on this with, with our team at M connections, everything we put on social media is us selling something. We are selling our, our experience. We're selling ourselves as thought leaders. We're selling our clients and what they do when we're writing social media posts for them, everything we do. And we used to say this, Rich, I bet you did this, you know, at ESPN, we, in news, everything was, well, how are you going to sell that story? Which might mm -hmm. sound weird the first time you hear it. How are you going to sell that story? That doesn't mean that there's a connection between the newsroom or the sports anchor desk 
and sales, like the sales department for the station, that's not what we mean. We mean, how are we going to get people to care about this story? What's going to keep them listening or watching this story? How are we selling that this is something that we think is important that they want to hear? And, and it's the same way, whether it's on TV or on the radio, on this podcast, on social media, every word you choose, every graphic you design has a power to either turn people away, have people ignore yep. it, or to sell the idea that you to are sharing. To pull them in, to pull them in, absolutely. So let us summarize. We need more women in sales. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's true right? We need more women in sales. Business needs to invest in women on their sales teams and women should consider sales roles. Sales can be empowering if you look at it through the right lens. So please think about those things. And I just have to say it. So sorry, Audrea. Yes. If you need a kind, empathetic, powerhouse sales coach, whether you're actually already working in sales or whether you want to work on empowering yourself to feel more confident in some of the other sales types, in the other sales roles that we talked about, then Audrea is your gal. I'm telling you, she knows what she's doing. She's been doing it for more than a decade and she just launched her own sales consultancy. So she is now a sales coach and strategist with M Connections. I couldn't be more excited to have her add her expertise to what we're doing. And so I'm telling you, sorry, this is a long plug, but Audrea is your gal. Reach her at thinktankofthree.com. So definitely connect with her. Even if you just want to have a conversation about what you're thinking about doing related to sales. And if you want a coaching session or two, or if you want to put together a whole custom program, definitely, definitely talk to her if any of this resonated with you, because I know we can all grow our skills and expertise and she's amazing. She really is. You cannot go wrong with you, with Audrea Fink on your side. You guys are making me blush. Hey, we only speak the truth. I say it all the time. We only speak the truth. No smoke and mirrors here. Straight up fact and truth. That's what, well, at least truth and opinion of our fact of truth. (laughs) (laughs) The facts as we see them. But the fact is you are solid. The fact is you are someone that can absolutely elevate someone in their sales career. And they really need to to take that opportunity. They really do. (laughs) Uh, Guys, this has been so much fun. This has been great. And we thank you all for joining us today. That will do it for this episode of Think Tank of Three. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like to hear from, send us a message at thinktankofthree at gmail.com. Subscribe to the Think Tank of Three wherever you listen to podcasts and connect with us online. We blog weekly at thinktankofthree.com. Follow us on social media. You can find us individually on LinkedIn and as Think Tank of Three on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Women, click to join our private group on Facebook where we can all share advice and articles. And if you liked what you heard in the podcast, share it. You can find Think Tank of Three on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, and SoundCloud. 